Yeah, but if that calling's for you, if you if you love babies and you love hard work and you love being on your feet and helping women, I mean, get it because it is super, super rewarding. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please excuse my scratchy throat. I am definitely being affected by the fires in LA. The sky has been filled with smoke all day, and um, it was the second fire of the week to be pretty close to our new home. So it's been very unnerving, lots of evacuations. We were actually on the line of the mandatory evacuation today. Um, We ended up staying and we're safe uh, for today. I'm very, very grateful for that and sending love out to everyone in Los Angeles. We are deep into fire season. There are so many fires. There have been so many over the last couple of weeks, um, affecting thousands of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres going up in flames. And it's, it's pretty devastating. And it's an interesting time because we're also in Scorpio season, which is all about burning everything up, burning up the past, rebirth, you know, that phoenix rising out of the ashes vibes and really going through transitional deaths, some little, some big. So it's always kind of an interesting moment when fire season and Scorpio season align. And it's really a in your face meditation on looking at your stuff because when you are awoken during the night with the news that you might be having to leave all of your belongings behind it brings up a lot of stuff it's really interesting all today I was so lucky my husband could stay home and we weren't separated and being home with our kids I'm grateful he didn't go to work because he wouldn't have been able to get back into our neighborhood. The traffic was just so insane. Uh, We actually ended up going to the beach, which was pretty empty. There were a couple people and and just trying to enjoy a couple hours with nature and sending prayers into Mother Ocean for some rain and for healing and for the winds to not carry the flames anymore. And... You know, when you're when you're going through moments of unknowing with children, it is challenging because we can't kind of just go down our rabbit hole of fear and anxiety because that's all leading right into them. So uh, it actually was so healing to go out in mama nature. And, you know, I'm sure some people thought we were kind of crazy, but we had some beautiful moments and then came back and then I took a long nap with the baby. And it's just eerie. It's a very weird thing when the whole city's kind of shutting down. It was the second day that we've had a fire, a reason for no school. So anyway, you know, when we come up against these things, it always puts everything back into perspective. If we're healthy, if our kids are safe and healthy, and if we have the means to go and escape and stay with friends or get a hotel outside of the city, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. And things don't really matter that much. So it's the people and our safety. But I know that's also easy and trite to say when you haven't just <clears throat> lost everything. So per usual, I'm holding all the paradoxes, holding all of the things all at once as we must do. So anyway, I'm really excited to share this episode with my friend, Nicole Rice. She has been an OG doula in the Los Angeles community for about 15 years now. And 
she's deep into the Ayurvedic world and healing and really was one of the first pioneers that I know of that has brought it to the LA community of bringing Ayurvedic work into the doula world. And she's been a big inspiration for me. She also was a co-founder of Countertop Foods. All of her mixes were from her own kit and working with her clients. And they're just beautiful spices. I use them and the honeys and the mother honeys, which are really great galactagogues for breast milk. So anyway, she passed back through LA on her way back to Australia. She's moving back home to her motherland after I believe about 20 years or close to that and is going to get reinvolved in the doula world there. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in Australia. So very happy for her, but we'll miss her. Yeah. Always changing, always living, all of the things all the time. The only other real announcement I have is continuing the motherhood coach sessions, which I'm loving doing. And you can hit me up at McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N, at mothersmother.com if you want more information about that and to discuss if that is something that would align with you and where you are on your motherhood journey right now. So without further ado, please enjoy the listen. Sending much love out to all of you. J-Ma. Hi, Nicole. Hi, McLean. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really glad it didn't work out a couple of weeks ago <laughs> to do over Zoom because now we're here in person, which it's, is so much better. It's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank that you. was a great time though, but yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to be here too. <laughs> so you're passing back through LA on your way back to Australia. I am. I am. So thank you for coming. You're welcome. I know there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, so much to talk about. Um, let's just dive right in. What brought you into the doula world? What brought me into the doula world was always a great love of childbirth mm. and babies. Ever since I was a little girl, always loved the bubs. And then I was quite privileged to uh, be at the birth of both my half-brother and half-sister. Mm. So my half-sister was born when I was 16 and my half-brother was born when I was 18 and I was still living at home and was totally on the, you know, the the prenatal care with my mom, who was mm. a terrible patient, you know, and just did whatever <laughs> she wanted. Um, but it was incredible to go to the birth suite mm. and also postpartum. You know, mm-hmm. I was home. I was part of the team. You know, my wow. my mom put those babies straight onto formula, which was her choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was quite awesome because I got to do, you know, a couple of feeds. Bottles, and as a 16-year-old yeah. girl, it was incredible. Mm. So always a great respect of that process. I was really privileged. I saw my mom, you know, birth vaginally and it was really, I saw the recovery program with her and it was really amazing. It was also a fantastic uh, contraception for any mm, for right. any uh, yeah. older teenager to really see how hard postpartum mm, can be. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is, you know, there's so much around pregnancy and actual birth, but for me, I was always very much about the postpartum. And so then how I came to actually studying to be a doula was in 2007, I was here. I just moved to LA in 2004 and I was working in fashion and I was just kind of going through my own semi-midlife crisis. And I had a dear friend of mine who uh, who has the Australian Doula College in Australia. Mm. And she asked me to come down and help her with some, some business stuff and some marketing stuff. And what I said was, sure, but why don't I study with you? And her program is a six-month program. Mm. So I went back to Australia for six months and studied with her and worked with her in her office. And really, it kind of sent me on this uh, journey of being a doula. I didn't do any doula practice in Australia. I came back to LA and didn't practice, did the local training as well, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, two and a half days. Um, And thank God I'd done the six-month training because I couldn't believe this two and a half day training, I was completely overwhelmed with information. But every night I'd be like, wow, if I hadn't have done the training in Australia, Mm -hmm. I would not be grasping onto any of this. Mm -hmm. So it was really fascinating to, you know, this is, you know, 2007. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it's a lifetime ago in the doula world. Totally. Oh my gosh. It was not the cool job. Mm -hmm. It was not what anyone was doing. It was very old school. Uh, It was quite conservative. 
And it was, yeah, it was kind of fascinating to to work as a doula here and and just see and be be kind of part of the change and be be witness to the change of how it really shifted. So people must not have even known what doula meant at that point. Oh God, no! Yeah. I mean, I mean, so many people would be like, "What?" Yeah. You know, like you'd have to. I mean, still some, I mean, you go out of the big cities and still you have to say, you know, tell people what a doula is, but it's incredible mm-hmm. how many people now know what, what a doula yeah. is and does. And and were you always drawn to birth doula as well or just postpartum? I was because births are so incredible. Mm. I mean, that, that oxytocin is hugely addictive and it's so wonderful to be in that birth room. Mm. I have cried at every single birth and I think mm. I've done like 70, 75 births and I'm still that crying doula because mm-hmm. it is it's emotion <laughs> a totally you know? oh my god it's, I mean I'm sitting there what's softly bigger? weeping as as you know fathers are hugging me and mums mm. are crying and you know it's nurses amazing. are thanking you and it's incredible but I I found the births oh hugely gratifying it's, it's such hard work though I mean the last home birth I did I was there for 44 hours oh my god yeah. and it took me a good 10 days to recover you know, and so as someone who started to just do doula work, you know, to, you know, to pay as a, mm-hmm. as a working wage, I had to incorporate some postpartum just yeah. to, you know, to, to survive. Yeah. And for me, that was really easy because I loved that part of it. I loved mm-hmm. helping women recover and I loved showing, you know, I've done so many first baths, you know, mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to do is to show dads how to bath their babies. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, so that whole journey was just incredible. But yeah, the births are so awesome. I mean, that moment where mom reaches down mm. and touches the head of a baby, I, it will still take my breath away. I'll watch a video of it mm. and I'll still be have that emotion of, mm. oh my God, you know. So even though I haven't given birth in this lifetime, I definitely know I've done it in many other lifetimes, but mm. being able to be witness and hold space for, for women in the birthing room is incredible. And That's the dads. Amazing. I mean, I'm really, I was always a big fan of pushing dads in. Yeah. You know, whispering in their ear, telling them what to do, mm. like not overtaking. Like that was not what I was there for at all. I was definitely, I was the little encourager mm-hmm. to push dads to get involved because a lot of the times you watch them standing there in shock yeah. and they're kind of like, holy, and they, yeah. they feel a little bit out of the woods, you know, they, they don't feel like it's their space. I don't, I mean, there is a little part of me that is, this is secret women's business, yeah, you know. I know. I kind of, it's like holding that paradox because yeah. it's both. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Because it, yeah, it's a, it takes two to make a baby. Yeah. And so, but I loved it and I had so many great conversations with dads and so mm. many huge thank yous and granddads, grandma, like it is really very special to be able to, to um to get them feeling mm-hmm. so that this is their part of this journey as well, rather than feeling mm-hmm. a little bit lost. I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like that is a topic that could just be a podcast. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I should be, I should do that. But I do think, on one hand, it is women's work. It is sacred. It is timeless. Yep. And we're so much more comfortable with women not having to worry about our man and like, are they not living up to our expectations? Blah 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 blah. But then also, it's so beautiful that you hold that space for them because so much of the time, it's kind of like if if you don't, it's easier sometimes not to have them. But then also, if you don't include them, then it's not setting up a great model for moving forward. Totally. And, you know, I always say to my clients, like, if the diaper's on backwards, whatever, like, don't get upset, you know, just be happy they're changing diapers. Oh and my God, like, totally. you know, on board with you. So I really love that piece. And I think it's so important to bring up. So yeah. thank you. I mean, and I really, I found a lot of that in postpartum as yeah. well. You it, know, yeah. a big Huge. part of my postpartum was, you know, recovery with food and yeah. making sure that I was feeding the whole family. Yeah. It wasn't just making sure mum was good, but, you know, when you're making rice puddings and lamb stews mm-hmm. and this kind of thing, dads love them too. Yeah. But you're showing them and educating them in that whole process as well. So whether, and yeah. it's kind of great to see men vulnerable and not knowing what to do totally. as well. And, and, you know, you're showing them how to put a diaper on or bath, bath their child. And they're just like, you see this 
little boy in mm-hmm. grown men. And that's awesome. It is. It's awesome for them to be vulnerable and honest about it's that. That's so true. I some amazing relationships with the whole family mm-hmm. unit, which it was really for me coming from, I mean, I come from quite a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. And so to see different, different family units really working together mm-hmm. is super, super awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to kind of create this healing vortex for women Absolutely. to thrive and like go on with their lives and be happy. Absolutely. I mean, and I'm I'm all about that. And also that the karmic journey of yeah. if you have a baby with someone, there's you've got you've got some yeah. karma and you've got some some lineage here to work mm-hmm. through. So there's no point pushing out dads or, totally. you know, making mums feel small or anything like that. It's really all about that buoyancy mm. of, of bringing everyone up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, for that... That part of being a doula was so incredible, you know, like just being able to see people and um, without judgment and just with with love and see see the shift happening was really mm. incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. So would you mostly do postpartum work with families where you were their birth doula as well? Or was it mix and match or I everything? I did some, or- but you know, I started after a couple of years, kind of when I hear kind of like 42, 43, and I'm 48 now, but I really started to see a shift in my body and how I mm. would recover. So mm-hmm. I did used to do a lot of birth and then postpartum, but I kind of stopped uh, about four years ago, five years ago, because I, I didn't have enough time to recover after a birth. Right, totally. And so then I would be in postpartum within 48 hours and I just then couldn't catch back up. Yeah, And I used to do a lot of night work as well. And yeah. so there'd be a lot of, I, you know, and I started off with, okay, I could do four nights in a row and then it got down quickly to three nights and then it was two nights. And then I was just like one night on, one night off, you right. know, because it, it, if I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent recovered. I just couldn't offer, you know, the no. world at a, at a dual totally. client. And so, um, but I did used to do that for oh, sure. And I so always hardcore. had a couple of, um, you know, I used to do with my birth doula package. I always added a couple of postpartum in there. I'd always been mm-hmm. cooked the first time and show certain things. So that was, you know, I always did a lot of that too. Yeah. You know, I really, I treat doula work as a, as a meditation, mm-hmm. you know, like there was, it was big intense work for me to leave my stuff at the door mm. you know not come in with anything and a yeah. lot of people do a lot of stuff differently to the way I do it personally mm-hmm. um but when you are a doula you you kind of take this oath that it's not your journey yeah you're it's not your birth it's not your baby so you go in supporting women with the choices they want to make mm-hmm. and that you know, that can get kind of, that can get icky, yeah. you know, after 24 hours when you've had no sleep, you yeah. know, and all of a sudden you're working, you know, your adrenaline's pumping and you're overtired. And so there's a real, there's a lot of, there was a lot of grounding, a lot of meditation, a lot of talking to spirit. And so mm-hmm. it was the only way. And that's one of the things I loved about working nights as well is that it was just it was quiet. <laughs> Everyone's sleeping. Yeah. There's no questions. You've totally. just got questions for you know with for baby. baby. Yeah. And that's it's kind of really powerful and and beautiful and an honor, you know, yeah. for women to let and and, and dads to let you look after their child in the middle of oh the night. Oh my god, it's like the highest honor. Yeah. It really I mean, was the a people I refer gift. for night work is so minimal yeah. because it's only who I would trust in my own home that yeah. I know that I've experienced with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so wild. And I do think that's such an important thing to really talk about. And especially if there are any younger doulas or maybe wannabe doulas listening is how much work it takes before you even show up to the job. Absolutely. To clear yourself, to protect yourself Mm -hmm. and to come in, especially postpartum, you have to come in so calm, Mm -hmm. so neutral Mm -hmm. because mama is a raw nerve. Yep. And... You really have to embody that. And it's not for everybody. Like it's a very specific breed of people, I think, that are good postpartum doulas. Yep, I agree. I agree. And I think that, you know, my total experience working with the babies is that they're working on that higher energy Mm -hmm. as well. We're all down here in dense, you know, intense world land, but they're still off in the ethers. Mm -hmm. And for you, the only way to be a great postpartum doula is for you to be able to clear your stuff and be able to keep your zen because that's when, you know, the bubs feel it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm a big believer of mum is is top energy in the house. Babies will feed off that. And so you being able to 
calm mum down, calm baby down. You know, it's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I did. I mean, I suffered burnout mm-hmm. for sure because. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much. You get, also, you know, after a couple of years of working and you have a you have a decent reputation, you get a lot of calls and you have a lot of people and you're booked out yeah. and, and then, you know, things happen. You're taking some last minute stuff as well. And it becomes, you can be extremely busy being mm-hmm. a doula. And it, I was shocked at that. I didn't expect to happen like that Mm -hmm. you know I thought it would be you know because when I started out being a doula I had a lot of clients that were just one-on-one clients Mm -hmm. and it was five days a week and it would be three-month gigs you know and it kind of just rolled like that Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it would shift and it would just be I'd just have a client for a week and then I'd have Mm -hmm. someone else you know and you'd be backing up other doulas and so it was really an interesting uh, navigation mm-hmm. to to be able to keep your stuff together. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and then it also probably depends on your connection with that client. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the three-month gig sounds really amazing and then you're halfway through it and you're like, oh, this it's like energetically feels time to go, but it's not time to go. Yeah. yeah. And then vice versa. Then there are other clients you want to work with forever. Totally. So that's so tricky. Yeah. And you don't know till you're in it. You don't know until you're in it. You really don't. And there is, you know, there's that level of commitment that you make as yeah. well. And you can't just drop a new mom like a hot yeah. potato, you know. Yeah. Like, So if you have committed to the three months, then show up every day because that's what you got to do. Did you enjoy that kind of the longer stint work? Like it's almost like a job job? I think, um, I mean, I really enjoyed the security, you mm-hmm. know, especially I had some clients that were really, you know, putting me on payroll and yeah. really looking after me. And that's really that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that kind of security is really great as you're mm-hmm. a doula because you can just just get in and settle in and do the work. Yeah. But it is also it is it's also intense because like you said, like sometimes it just doesn't gel. And yeah. you know, after you know, after 10 days everyone starts to show their real colours mm-hmm. and you know, like going to work for a client for five days is so easy because yeah. everyone's just kind of We've got our happy facade on that we have with strangers, but you know the reality really sets in after a couple of weeks, and yeah. so it can be really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's parts of it that I really liked, and other parts that I was like, wow, ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because as a doula, like we were saying before we recorded, there's so much. If you're really doing it as your work and your business, it you are going after. It's like being. Um, a freelance producer or something. You're hustling after the next gig constantly. Constantly. And so you're always meeting with people, you know, whether they're six months out or two months out or three months, you know, it's a huge juggle and the calendar is like a very big thing for doulas. So it does take, there's so much extra work that goes into this line of work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. I didn't, I'm single. I don't have any kids, you know, like, so... You know, I often worked Christmas and New Year's wow. and that kind of thing, you know, because yeah. I could and it was fine. And yeah. um, But it would be, I think it would be interesting to do this to do this work, mm-hmm. you know, having your own, you know, calendar that you're managing as well. So, yeah, but it was, it's, it was it's, hard. It's it was a constant, like I, I think what we were talking earlier before we started recording is, you know, this is the first time I've been in the States. I've been here for 21 years. And this is really the first time that I can just be without... Mm-hmm taking Mm -hmm. clients or working to get clients or managing calendar, taking calls, meeting people, all of this kind of stuff. And I haven't had that for this whole time that I've been in the US. So it's a really different way of being for me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm kind of like, wow, I've got like all this extra time where I don't have to make any extra calls or anything like that. So it's really, it's great. It feels really good, but it's also a little bit like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the US is just such a, you know, it's a, it's a big commercial uh, money-making world here, you yeah. know, and that's why a lot of people come, a lot of people from overseas come here for that reason. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely like that. And so it's interesting just to be able to be, and I've had the privilege of, of doing that for the last couple of months. And that's it's so nice. Awesome, yeah. You're like bucking the system by allowing for relaxation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You're yeah. being not doing, <laughs> yeah. which is very un-American. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's been incredible. And it just shows you that, you know, we can all, we can do all of it. Yeah, totally. You know, in totally. different seasons of our lives. Yes, too. yeah. 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 It's interesting because with my doula work, since I do have two kids, it is complicated and it also kind of 
fills in just direct boundaries. Yeah. So yeah. that's really helpful in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't have my boundaries where it's totally skewed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's great though because you can work when other people can't. I mean, yes. I have like three people that want me over the holidays. I'm like, no. Yeah. Can't I, I can, I'm only available starting like mid-January. Yeah. And that feels so like wrong and like part of my system because I am such a caretaker. But I'm like, you know what? I've got two kids. It's our holiday. Totally. So it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no right or wrong. No, it's just no. always an interesting like yeah. discussion of this kind of work. Absolutely. Because we don't, we're not, I don't think, called to doula work, you know, to make baller money. It's like, it's no. a calling of our soul. And I think most of us have been doing this for lifetimes. Yes. And also to heal parts of ourselves. Absolutely. So, um, I totally agree. It's a very interesting line of work. So you have definitely been deep in the Ayurvedic world. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into Ayurveda and what your journey was into that? Uh, yeah, I love Ayurveda so much. It came to me through, after after a big postpartum job, I actually worked with a client for almost 10 months. Wow. So I was birth and wow. postpartum. Wow. But it was amazing because, uh, you know, she's an actress and so we went you know, on, on set and on location oh, and went fun. on a movie. It was great. It was awesome. Cool. I, I worked harder than I've worked for a long time, but I um, was also very well looked after mm. and also just an amazing experience. But I was completely burnt out after that. And so what I did was I, I checked myself into the Shivananda Ashram in Grass Valley in California and I did a yoga teacher training. Mm. Um, and I'd wanted to do one for a long time. I'd, I When I first came to the US, I was living in New York and Shivananda kind of was my was my boundary, was my mm. going back to me. And I've been to Shivananda in um, India and spent a lot of time just kind of doing their practices. So it was awesome. So I went and did a yoga teacher training. It's an intense training with Shivananda and, you know, you're studying the Bhagavad Gita mm. and you're studying Ayurveda. And we had, there was a teacher there by the name of Mary Thompson, who was teaching at the California College of Ayurveda, which is in the next kind of suburb over from where Shivananda is in Grass Valley. Mm. Um, and she was teaching and I sat there and it all felt like I had studied this before mm. and I absolutely loved her teaching style. And so I was like, wow, could I go and study Ayurveda full time? And I, so I checked into it and it was like, Yep, wow. I can. So I went, I I moved out from LA, then I moved up to Nevada City in California. No way. Yeah. Wow. And I went back and studied Ayurveda full time. I was a student How again. Cool. It was so cool. Because not only I mean it was great because I um, shared a house with a couple of other students mm. and we were studying every day, but also living this Ayurvedic mm. lifestyle mm. and only eating Ayurveda and doing all the practices every day and growing our own vegetables, oh my God, making my own amazing. kombucha, all of that. It was awesome. It was a great, great thing for me to do to really jump it in. But all, the study of Ayurveda was so, oh, it just spun me around 180 degrees because mm. I had never really worked with those spices before. I'd never known any of these herbs before. Mm. And uh, what I saw happen to my body and mind and spirit in that in that year of study was just incredible, wow. and it set me off on a on an absolute different path. So I did that, and then I ended up. Um, I could have done the next year of study, but instead, I instead of spending my money on that, I went to Nepal and I did a panchakarma mm. at Ayurveda Health Home in Kathmandu and I worked with a doctor there by the name of Dr. Rishi Kerala. And I'd heard about Dr. Rishi through um, one of my Ayurveda sisters that I'd mm. met in Nevada City. And before I went, I had explained that I'd been studying and I, I'm, I'm also a doula, so I really want to learn about women's health and postpartum and newborn babies. And he was like, yes, come, come, That's come do Panchakarma and come study with me. And so mm. I was like, oh my God. So that's what I did. And that was an incredible, incredible experience as well. Because, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's something about doing Ayurveda in either India or Nepal where you're, where it's lineages, you know, right, he's Dr. Rishi, been, his family done this for five generations wow. and his brother does it too. And so they, it's just their it's whole just life. life. Yeah. It's a life. Wow. And to go to a center where they cook for you and treatments every day. And it was just so yeah, wonderful. So tell us what that Panchakarma looked like. Oh I my want God. That. It was <laughs> incredible. So you're there, um, 
I mean, it's 28 days. It's a classic Panchakarma um, program. They're giving you the most beautiful food every mm. day. So you're waking up to beautifully spiced polentas and oatmeals mm. and cooked apples and yeah. all of this stuff. So then, And then you're just doing treatments every day. And it was great. Like I didn't really leave the centre a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of treated it as a real spiritual journey too and was able to do these treatments every day and, and rest and rest and space. Mm-hmm. And I didn't run around Kathmandu because Kathmandu is crazy and busy mm-hmm. and hectic, but really kind of just stayed in this centre and just, you know, would take little walks, you know, just mm-hmm. around this little village. Not a village, a little suburb of Kathmandu. But the Panchakarma was we did we did food, we did every day you were gifted with an abhyanga, either mm. a one person or two person full body massage. Okay. You did there was there was at least one or two treatments every day. And some days you had three treatments. Mm. So when you're doing, I mean, Svedana, where you're doing the sweating processes, mm. the basties, you're doing eye basties, ear basties, chest basties bottom basties. Um, <laughs> then there's, uh, you know, the whole Vamana program, which is the elimination. So you do do a vomiting, you mm. know, which is one of the worst days ever of the process. Yeah. But I'd also done a Vamana when I did my yoga teacher training. Mm. And there's something so revolting about the the process of filling your stomach, uh, the process of vomiting, but the feeling of afterwards is so mm. incredible and you do feel so light. And there is this there's something that happens with the mind afterwards. So as much as I think back on that day as really a terrible day, the feelings afterwards are so mm. amazing. And I'm such a terrible vomiter, you know, like I, it's it's just, I, if I do vomit, which is very, very, very rarely, but it always comes with a lot of tears mm-hmm. and a lot of emotion. And mm-hmm. that's what the whole panchakarma is. They're, mm. You're purging all of this. And so with the, the purging of the whatever's in your stomach, you're purging lifetimes of mm. emotion around that. And and so that was just amazing to hear about yeah. all of that. And then the food was so beautiful. And I mean, Shiradaras for days, mm. like so many of this. And I'm, I, because I'm very high pitta and I have a lot of, I have a lot of kapha as well, but I definitely have some vata and I'm not, I'm, even though I never thought that I used to have a lot of vata, but the vata, like like vata for most people, will push out your pitta and your kapha. Yeah. And so the uh, shiradhara, which is, you know, the, the oil dropping onto the third eye, the con- continuous stream, would totally send me crazy. Like mm. a lot of people find that the most relaxing treatment of their whole lives. I find it torture. <laughs> it is like, it is, it, it, it's supposed to calm your vata. Wow. But if, what I found is it just kind of like pushes my pit up. Wow. And I would just get so like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I kind of did, you know, like three or four shiradaras. And I was like, I need something else. Like we yeah. need, I need another thing. Mix it up. You know, yeah. Give me another uh, Abiyanga or give me mm-hmm. some more. I mean, I'm a, I love sweating and so I'm like, So, um, and these beautiful, you know, these beautiful machines, actually I was on Instagram the other day and I saw um, a very traditional Svedata machine where they're they're like a wood, they're almost Mm. like a wooden sunbed. Mm. And so they're, and underneath they're putting in all of these steam things, but you're lying on these wood slats and they, you know, it pulls right over you. You feel like you've done this, you know, mm. lifetimes ago. And yes, yeah, so amazing. beautiful. I want yeah. to do that. So I have a great love of Nepal and uh, um, it was a really beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Yeah. So I was really I'm happy putting that, that on my list. Oh, yeah, do it things. for sure. <laughs> when I can leave my kids for a month. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mommy's going to Nepal to mm. get reborn. Oh, and it's See so hard month. to get to from here, you know. Yeah. India and Nepal is so difficult to get to from LA, mm. but, you know. Incredible. Okay, yeah. so that like really jump-started that you. That totally jump-started. Um, I mean, that the year of study and then a punch of karma mm. just pushed me. I was, I am completely committed to Ayurveda. Mm. Uh, I take herbs every day still. I'm pretty loose on the daily practices. Um, you know, I'm terrible at doing Abhyanga every day, but I, at the moment it's so dry. I have been so doing dry. it. I'm I'm pretty good with with foods. I've been a little lax this kind of last couple of months, but in general, mm. I'm I kind of follow as much as I can for your specific situation for your body, your situation, and for the time of the year. Right. Like I'm really much more about I, the thing I love about Ayurveda that 
was so perfectly in alignment with what I already thought was how could everything be the same for everyone? Right. You know, how could how could this Atkins diet also be great, right. you know, for you and for me? Totally. It never made any logical sense to me. Yeah. And so studying Ayurveda was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's completely <laughs> the anti- opposite right. of right. what Ayurveda stands for. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And so different times of the year, different just natural body shapes, body yeah. tendencies, and then different uh, times of the day, different times of the year, and different times of your lifetime, totally. your age. And so I was like, ah, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, because I am high pitter, I can be quite hot-headed. I'm an Aries, you know, I've got a definite strong fire streak mm-hmm. in me. But I used to find in the summer that I'd be even more like, oh, than mm-hmm. ever. And then after studying Ayurveda, I was like, ah, hot, hot, mm-hmm. hot, hot body, hot head. So I don't eat any spicy food mm. in spring and summer. Mm. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Mm-hmm. I do you I, think that's made a big difference? Massive, alcohol? yeah. Oh my god, massive! You know, a hot liver is a hot head. Yeah. Um, and also, just I saw that shift in me, kind of when I hit my mid forties, mm. is it just doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a big drinker. You know, mm-hmm. I'm Australian. I grew mm-hmm. up with this, like, that's how you deal yeah. with things. Yeah. And I embraced that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I really saw that a hot liver and a hot head were definitely connected mm-hmm. and a short fuse. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, that was a game changer too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like that, the logic of Ayurveda just sits with me so mm. well. It all makes such perfect sense. Yeah. And I love that not everything is for everybody. Something yeah. is good for someone. Not everything is good for everyone. Yeah. And that is empowering. You know, that is that also makes you feel really great because as someone who has a little bit more earth and water, you know, and you, you know, I would be when I was 15, 16, doing the same diets as my friends and stuff yeah. like that. And seeing different results and not understanding and just, and that, that just makes, totally. makes oh you feel small and little yeah. and not as good as everyone else. Totally. So, I mean, I think everyone should study Ayurveda. I think it yeah. is completely empowering. I think yeah. it, when you, it, it is also the evidence, the results totally. are there. So when you- it's time tested. It's been around for thousands tested, of years. Yeah. And you see that it works so perfectly. So yeah, I'm completely committed to- Do you to work with a practitioner or do you know enough now- from your own studies and your own just continual education with it, like to know, oh, I need this herb now. Like this is kind of out of balance. This would help. Or do you, is no. there a doctor that you kind of I mean, I have with? over the years, I I was working with a great, someone who introduced me actually to Ayurveda Health Home and Dr. Rishi, her name is Benita Carroll and she works out of um, Northern California. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Um, but I haven't for a few years, really since mm-hmm. I studied and I worked out which herbs are just like my mm-hmm. my jam and mm-hmm. I'm just like, yep, okay. You know, like mm-hmm. Amalaki is my best friend. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that herb. I think that it is one of the most incredible herbs ever. Mm. What does it do for you? Well, it works on the large intestine mm. of really bringing uh, balance to the large intestine. Mm. Uh, it's also super high in vitamin C, mm. so we can all do with more mm-hmm. of that. And it can be a li- it can be vata balancing. So it's which is where the large intestine is, mm. the vata. So mm-hmm. anything that helps the large intestine is going to help every single part of right. your body. You know, so I mean, that's- does it help you poop? Yeah. 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 I mean, it won't. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah. I mean, because it helps with digestion. I mean, it's not as good as triphala, but uh, amala or amalaki is one of the fruits that is in triphala. Yeah. That's how I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm taking triphala right now. And everyone should take triphala. Triphala is really one of the only herbs blends Mm -hmm. that you can take every day for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change it up as as Mm -hmm. different times are happening. So it is the the Rasayana of, Mm -hmm. of Ayurveda. So, yeah, I love trifola. So it's not going to it's not going to help your elimination as much as trifola, but you will see a definite balance just with nourishment of um, the large intestine for sure. Cool. Yeah, love it. So then, when you came back to LA, mm-hmm. did you go back to Nevada City or did you come straight back to LA after your Panchakarma? I actually no, I came back to LA. You did okay. Yeah, I came back to LA. I um I packed up Nevada City and I put a couple of things in storage, um, like a sofa and you know some mm-hmm. some clothes, and that was about it. And then I yeah, I came back to LA and then started 
pretty much getting clients straight away. Mm-hmm. I had a really great word of mouth business. Mm-hmm. I never had a website. I was I took this as very sacred mm-hmm. work. And so I did a, just a lot of referrals. That's awesome. And so, yeah, so studying and, and bringing the Ayurveda into my postpartum practice was so logical as well. Mm. I was already cooking for clients. Like I was the soup queen. Mm. I was making just soups every day. Oatmeal and soups mm. was my jam mm-hmm. when I first started <laughs> Ayurveda. Um, sorry, when I first started doulering. Um, and then after the Ayurveda studies, I was like, ah, so it was just Mm -hmm. a lot of really understanding what those herbs and spices were for postpartum, Mm -hmm. what really was going to get it for the mums, what was going to help with making more breast milk. You know, I love a galactagogue. When Mm -hmm. I found out what a galactagogue was, I was like, oh my God, that's incredible, (laughs) you know. So a galactagogue is a herb that helps you make more breast milk. And so, you know, finding out which ones those were, which vegetables Mm -hmm. were galactagogues, you know, like, oh my goodness. So this was, it was a very easy thing for me to incorporate that into my postpartum Mm -hmm. practice, Um, which led to a lot more work, a lot more uh, cooking work. And I started where I was doing clients, but then I would also have people going, oh, could you just drop food over for a friend, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of people saying, yeah, it was really good. So just dropping over kind of like six mason jars of, you know, a bone broth Mm -hmm. here and oatmeal and polenta and uh, kitchery, of course, Mm -hmm. my beloved kitchery. And so... Um, there was a lot of that going on too. So it was intense, a lot more in the kitchen cooking, mm-hmm. a lot more uh, kind of more uh, specific dishes and then a bit more sophisticated mm-hmm. as well. You know, I really kind of stepped it up a notch. Yeah. So that was awesome. And that really led me into, you know, creating Countertop because one of my uh, clients was a postpartum client. I did a lot of cooking for her. She saw how her and the whole family recovered, was very encouraging to do a business together. Mm. And so then I created the formulations for Countertop, which was, you know, a lot of it was anchored in postpartum. Mm. Those herbs, uh, the geese, the, the honeys, you know, all of that, a lot of really specific started from our relationship in postpartum. Which is so good. Yeah, Your honeys so good. are so good. Oh my God. So and I have good. all your spices. I love them. I good. cook with them all the time. I love them too. They're so good. Was that, or what was your process around creating countertop? Like, did you have spice mixes that you always had yeah. been cooking with? And then that was just the natural offshoot of those? Yeah. Mm. So I would, you know, I had a kit when I would go to mm. postpartum mm-hmm. houses and rather than, you know, taking... It's funny because you go to some people's houses and they, they tell you, you know, they're a great cook, but you go and there's no spices. Right. And so yeah. it's just very, everyone is very different. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, I'd just bring my kit, which had a, a blend of spices already made. And I had one that was just for, for sweet things, for mm-hmm. oatmeals and rice puddings. And then I had a savory one, which was for, you know, everything else mm-hmm. that I used to make. And so, and then I started mixing, you know, geese as well. And I'm just... It, it really came for me out of a convenience of not having to lug a whole kitchen with me. Mm. I could just lug two jars with me. Right. And so that's how really that all started. Yeah. That's so cool. And it was, a, it was a process. Like it took, um, you know, it was a kind of like 18 months of development of really mm. getting that together before launch and then and then launching and, yeah, and getting that happening. So Was that a very steep learning curve of a business like that or what well, was that I've like? Well, I've been, you know, I had worked in fashion for 20 years and a lot of that was product mm. stuff. So I'd launched products before, um, done a lot of packaging and design. You oh, know, that's work, cool. Work, so you already knew a lot. Yeah, like the, all of the labels and countertop, that was um, a, a guy by the name of Pete White. Him and I worked together in New York. Oh, wow. And so we stayed de- very dear friends. So he did um, he did the logo and all awesome. the packaging. Um, the packaging's great. I really like the Packaging. awesome isn't it yeah. yeah he's really he's a great guy I mean that the the drawings on the countertop uh products so like on golden butter there's a fry pan mm-hmm. on on golden honey there's a honey dipper I mean those were done by an amazing fabric designer that I know Ila, mm. whose name's Alexis Hartman who has a company called Lake August but she was a home birth client of mine So she did the illustrations and yeah, he did that. I love that. So organic. I know. Mm. I know. And I love, I just love that, you know, really she was my last home birth client Mm. and it was her drawings on the packaging too. So there was a lot, yeah, it was a lot of love in there. Yeah. So cool. 
Yeah. It's good. Um, but, um, but I'm happy to have actually stepped away from Countertop now. Yeah. It was an intense time. Um, it was a lot of work. It's very different working with or starting a business with someone who was your doula client yeah. as well as mm-hmm. being your business partner now. And also it's had a lot of stress. And I, I don't cope very well with stress. I don't know many people that do. Yeah. But it was super stressful. But I'm actually really happy to have stepped away from that. I stepped away from that at the end of June. Mm. And it was like the catalyst to go, okay, I'm really... I need some more joy in my life mm. uh, and some more happiness. I'm definitely not getting it from being here mm. anymore. So it was um, it was a catalyst to go, okay, I've got to go back home to Australia for a bit. When you have a product, does it add... Like, does the stress come from trying to meet these kind of... I don't even like bullet points of like a business. Like I don't. I mean, yes, yeah. it does. I mean, but there's only so much. You know, there's only so much that you can. You know, you're all working to these to these goals. You know, to these milestones right. that you want to make. Um, but really, it's just the stress of launching something and making it happen mm. and making the product. We, were, you know, I, was, I had a kitchen in you know Lincoln Heights. We were making that product. Mm. You know, so I had. It was me and a couple of other people, you know, getting their hand mixing spices. Mm-hmm. All those spices are hand filled, wow. you know. And so it was just the stress of running a business yeah. and not having enough staff to support mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, just difficult, you know, a difficult relationship with working mm-hmm. with someone too. So all of it, yeah. You know, there's a season for everything also, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad you put them out there. Mm-hmm. Because they're great products. And I Me use them too. all the time when I cook here and for my clients. Awesome. So thank you. Good, good. But it, it is always interesting because it is such intimate work. And so it, it's, you know, sometimes I've been so intimate with clients and then we're friends forever. And then sometimes it just, you just know it's a very seasoned moment in your life. And then like, we'll never really see each other or like, we'll keep up through Instagram and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Or like really don't keep in contact with them. It's just, everyone's so different. Totally. What what aligns. And you do, you know, it's a very, you're very intimate. When you're, I mean, I have changed pads for clients. You know what I mean? I have massage breasts. Like you are right in the, you're wiping tears. You're crying with clients. Like it is such a big time where there is so much vulnerability. And when it becomes really honest and really vulnerable, you know, we can both be that as doula and client. It's, it's really, it's hugely healing. Mm -hmm. I do find that there can be a little bit of I mean, the, depending on who you gel with, you know, there's always, and I think with every client I've ever worked with, because there's always an interview process. Right. And I'm quite energy sensitive. So, mm-hmm. and also when you hand it over to spirit and go, okay, where, where am I supposed to be? Right. Where, if I'm supposed to be here, let's. Totally. Okay. I know. And so you go in, I used to go into 99% of all client interviews with whatever. Okay. Yeah. If I'm supposed to be, I was supposed totally. to be here. And because, you know, that that kind of happened after a while too, mm-hmm. because originally you, you'd go to every client interview and you'd get every job. And then it would happen where you need a job. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I actually need this client to make rent next right. month, you know. Right. And you'd go and you'd drive, you know, halfway across town and you'd go and you'd, you'd, you'd meet them and you'd be like, oh my God, that was they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't get the job. Yeah. And so it was really just like, totally. oh, you have to let it go. Have to let you it go. have to hand it over to spirit. Yeah. You have to hand it over to your high power of whatever is meant to be, to, yeah. cl- to clear karma, to choose again, and to mm-hmm. help where help is really needed. So, and both for you and them, yeah. you know, because I learned so much. I learned so much from yeah. so many of my clients. Me too. So much. It's never boring. Oh my That's God. It's, thing about ne- it's never boring. Yeah. It's never, never, never boring. And, it, you know, what it brings up for you, what it triggers for you, what you can see in yourself that you can clear and heal and what people reflect back to you. It's yeah. really, really powerful. Totally. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful, honest work. I know. But it's hard. It is, it is not for the person no, who doesn't want to look at their gig. shit. No. You know, being a doula <laughs> will show you your shit fast. Yeah. And it, but it, it's, that's, that's the beauty. That's yeah. the healing. Um, but it's kind of that warrior spirit, you know? I mean, yeah, I really totally. feel like what we do, it's like we're warriors. Yes, yeah, And the moms sure. too, you yeah. know? We're like all in it together. It's yep. battleground. It's like, Letting go of lineage yeah. of unhealthy stuff, totally. and then 
mining the way for this future, you know, these future generations. Totally agree. So I think it is, it is such deep spiritual work, but I so in that same way of, and I always tell the potential client too, like, here's all my info. I'm happy to keep chatting and you're going to find whatever help is right for you. Totally. You know, so I really do trust that so much. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll miss having you in LA, but Aww. I'm so happy for you going back to Australia, the I motherland. Know, but everyone gets to come and visit them. I know, yeah. All of my doula sisters who've never been. I mean, I'm totally going to do, uh, you know, I'm about to go down and work with the Australian Doula College. Mm. You know, my dear friend and mentor who I trained with and uh, Renee Adair's just doing absolutely amazing things down there. You know, from so cool. government contracts of you know, Australian doula college doulas working with the most underprivileged mm. women in in Australia who desperately need the help, who have never even thought that they could afford it and they mm. can't afford it. The government is paying it's incredible. for this. It's incredible. Wow. So that kind of stuff to me is so inspiring. Yeah. Where you're really going in and helping. We can really create some major That's shifts. incredible. Where women have never been shown any any guidance before, you know, they don't know how to boil an egg. Mm. You know, those kinds of things are super exciting. How did she get that? She just got it's really determined. She's she's been doing this work for about 25 years. Um and so and has just always stayed on track with Mm. it's helping women. And she has been she has a um a charity arm called the Doula Heart Network, Mm. which is again, you know, almost a bit like what baby to baby does Mm -hmm. here where just connecting people and we're working with uh, the Red Cross in Australia mm. and I think the Salvation Army, these kinds of, Incredible. you know, kind of Christian-based organisations that are worldwide that they're the ones people go to when they're desperate. Yeah. You know, they don't have a crib, they don't have anything. Mm. So, you know, she's really connecting people of taking donations, getting them to the right people, mm. working with the government. What an angel. Way. Yeah, she's totally an angel. She's, so yeah. how are you going to line up with that? I'm going to do some... I'm going to look after some collaborations and some special projects mm. and just some kind of doula inspiration as well. I kind of inspire those Australian doulas to what's going on around the world. Mm. Do some uh, training with them as to, you know, some postpartum stuff, some cooking stuff. Ayurveda. Just, yeah, definitely bring the Ayurveda to Australia a mm-hmm. little bit, especially in the postpartum mm-hmm. world. And just be there, uh, you know, just to get, I actually just want to get deep into what's happening Mm. with birth in Australia. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely be doing, you know, some retreats and some conferences as well. And so I want to- Sign me up. Yeah, no, I want to bring my doula sisters (laughs) down there and really to talk about what's going, you know, what's going on here that we're seeing, you know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, to be a doula in North America is incredible. You're really, you know, and we've seen the shift. I mean, the shift in the last 15 years of doula work is incredible. Mm -hmm. Plus just the conversation of birth, this Empowered Birth Project, you know, what everyone's doing, you know, from what Graceville's doing to their birth centres to, you know, just everything. Home birth education. Home birth education is incredible. I mean, even what's happening at places like Cedar sinai where they're embracing doulas, where they're letting you go as long as you can. You know, Mm -hmm. hearing 40 plus 10 is is normal these days, you know what I mean? But, you, you know, like 15 years ago, they weren't letting you go past mm. 40 weeks, you mm. know, and there was all this stress about it. And and then, uh, you know, inductions were mm. just a normal path, of course. That's not really happening as much anymore. Yeah, you know, that's, now people are questioning it and educated. Yes, they are. And then can move forward how they see fit. Yes. But yeah, the yeah. education piece is so huge. I mean, totally. Information is your friend. Yeah. And especially when it comes to birth, knowing what your body is going to do yeah. is so helpful for when you're in it. Yeah. You know, because, you you know, after 24 hours of labor, you're, you've forgotten what that birth plan is. Mm-hmm. You've forgotten that, oh, yeah, I want a birth, you know, bouncing on my ball. Oh, that No one cares anymore. <laughs> you know, like no one's caring. Yeah. You're really just in, oh, my, oh, my body's in transition. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm nine and a half centimeters. Oh, my baby's about to come out. Like these kinds of understandings of the physiological yeah. aspect of what's happening is hugely, hugely Huge. empowering. Yeah. Even yeah. me with my second kid, home birth. Yeah. At a transition in my brain, I couldn't talk or even open my eyes, but I'm thinking, is it too late for a scheduled C-section? Yeah. How do I get to the hospital? Why didn't I go with Dr. Crane? You know, it's like the the laundry list. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. And then like, but I know it's like a mind fuck. So it's like, I got through it. Yeah. And then my baby came like in one push. Yeah. So it's Amazing. just, it's so, 
It's so interesting. It's fascinating. It's, it's all such a crazy ride. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Birth is crazy. Well, that's super exciting. It really is, yeah. And do you know Dr. Serilac? Didn't you did yes. you meet with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I didn't actually meet him, but I him and I FaceTimed. Oh my god. And we of course have I mean, could talk for hours, a mm. bit like you and I can do. Yeah. Because a very, very similar ethos on postpartum and supporting women and what it takes and the recovery time and he's all of that amazing. kind of stuff. He's amazing. He I mean, really just because he's amazing. a man, he's a doctor. So yeah. it's like yeah. having him on our side, it's yeah. not like he's any more amazing than midwives around everywhere. But like, totally. he's incredible. And for any of you that don't know, he wrote the book, The Depletion Cure. Yes. Uh, which got big last year on Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow brought him kind of to the the limelight. But he seems just incredible. Yeah. So that's cool. You'll yeah. be in his field too. I love him because he also, like me, doesn't want to call it postpartum depression. Yeah. And I never want to call it that. No, I don't believe that it happens. I know. I re- Look, I get it. I understand mm. that that's what's going on. But for me, I just call it exhaustion yeah. and depletion as totally. well. And, you know, like we are all pretty sad and depressed, you know, with a few hours sleep each night. Exactly. You know? Like I just see huge things happen when recovery is good and totally. honored, honored. Yeah, I mean, for like, I, I do for sure, like there are people that have a tendency towards that yeah. before, you know. It's, it's a chem- before. It's, a, it's like a the real chemical, chemical imbalance. Thing. Yeah, totally. But for a lot of us, it's not just some like, crazy disease you catch. It's yeah. because you have no support, no village, yeah. and you're underslept and undernourished. Yeah. So, duh. And you're feeling really overwhelmed because yeah. you've got this little baby who yeah. needs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think that there's... His book's amazing for anyone that is preparing for postpartum. Just buy the book. Yeah, definitely buy the book. Nutritionally, just alone. The Nutritionally. Nu- the nutrition stuff is incredible. Yeah. He's great. He's a really good, good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating guy to talk to. I'd love to, to have him on the podcast. Then. Yeah. He follows me on Instagram, which Does literally he? I started screaming like I just met Oprah. <laughs> My mom was like, what is that? I was like, you don't understand. It's I love Doc, this band. Dr. Oscar. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. Well, and he's I'm got three beautiful you kids, do. you know, know, and he's and, awesome. And he learned, I mean, the beauty of it is he witnessed women. He yeah. witnessed his wife going yeah. through it three times. Yeah. And so that to me is just so powerful. Yeah, totally. And then he was a doctor that was just kind of like, you know, a spoke in this is wheel. A, is he a pediatrician? I can't remember if he's a pediatrician or, an or OB. Not. He definitely works with women. Yeah. I remember. I've, I've got a feeling he's more a pediatrician, but I could be completely wrong. We need to look that up. Yeah. I read it postpartum brain, so. Yeah. God yeah. knows. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything, I feel like we covered so many things. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of speak to? Of your journey or, um, or maybe like a piece of advice for people that are thinking about becoming doulas? Yeah. I mean, if anyone, you know, if you've got that um, real love and respect of, of babies and, and women and postpartum in this time, it's, you know, go for it, get in there, you know, go to your friend's births if they ask mm. you, but support them. And I mean, For me, life is one big spiritual practice that took a Mm. long time to get here. I think that uh, most of the world is kind of suffering a bit of a spiritual drought, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't, uh, we can't define it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about birth and postpartum too, is that it is malleable and it's movable and Mm. it changes and shifts with everyone. And there's so much there, there's Mm. so many layers. So, you know, you've real, I think as a doula, you really need some, you need a strong spiritual practice because you've got to be able to let your stuff go. Mm. And I think the only way to let your stuff go is to be able to hand it over to spirit, to have a process, to forgive at every minute. Mm. So, yeah, but if that calling's for you, if you if you love babies and you love hard work and you love being on your feet and helping women, I mean, get it because mm-hmm. it is super, super rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't don't be fooled. You're not you're not sitting down all day. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> you're no. not sitting down much at all. And uh, don't be fooled to think it's the easy job because it's it's really one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. And it takes time too. Yeah, I think it's such oh, an important God. thing. Like, you know, time is yes. It's it's so amazing to see how the doula world has grown, and you know, there are a lot of like young twenty year olds. Which I'm not I'm not saying this is any negative like 
lens at all. I think it's great that so many young people want to get involved in this work. I truly, truly do. And just to know that it's going to take time to mature into it because it's, you're seeing women and couples and families, the most vulnerable probably their whole life. And to be able to hold space for that takes some life experience. Totally, 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 totally. And I mean, I do think there is something too about not expecting to do your doula training and then go and charge $3,000 for a birth as well. I mean, the first five births I did were free of charge, you know, and then it started at $200 and, you know, working with people. You have um, to work your way up. You have to work your way up. And there is something that, like you say, just their life experience, but also just birth experience as well, you know, don't ever think that you know everything, you know, yeah. it's, it's never textbook. It's a lot when there's people, people's emotions and livelihood yeah. and, and vulnerability involved, you know, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. And holding the space for all the times when it doesn't go to plan yeah. and doesn't go well, Yeah, you know, which, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a significant amount of the time, Totally. you know, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much. Aww. You're such an amazing guiding light in this world. Thank you, and oh, babe. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sad to see you go, but I'm so excited to come see you in Australia. See? Yeah, you're going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> much love. Thank you, babe. Jema. Bye. Jema. 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 Jema.